You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. And with that, we are back. Another week, the ACL pod featuring my man, the one, the only, Captain Wags. He is Wags. I am ACL X, Instagram, at the real Mr. ACL, at Captain Wags. ACL-sports.com is the website. Everything you could ever want is up there. Hit us up on X, on Instagram, DMs through the website. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or anything else you want to talk about. Um, a big week here. Obviously, lots, lots going on in the college football and the NFL front. We are in week 11 college football. We are crazy. in week 10, very crazy, of the National Football League. College ranking show came out again. Last night, no major changes there. Wags, you ready to talk some NFL and college football, my man, and give out some free plays at the end? Oh, yeah. Always ready to go. Um, definitely interesting to uh, dive in a little deeper. Um, fishy lines, free plays, games of the week, contests, and uh, and more. So let's uh, let's get into it. Here we go. New, not really new because nothing really changed. However, the quote new college football rankings that came out yesterday, we were taping this on Wednesday, Ohio State. Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, no changes at the top. Old Miss comes in now in at number nine. Penn State sneaks their way into number 10. Obviously, a ton of this will change. Michigan plays Penn State. Michigan plays Ohio State. Michigan's coach might potentially not be on the sidelines that much longer. We shall see what happens with that. Wags, any thoughts on the rankings? I'm I'm perfectly fine with where they're at. Nothing really changed for me over the last week. So pretty much what we said last week on my end remains the same this week with the, uh, quote, updated rankings. Yeah, look, I think you know, basically it's a standstill. I think, you know, Oklahoma loses, they drop out. And um, Oak State, I think, jumped up uh, quite a few spots, um, maybe seven spots or something like that. And, um, you know, top five remains the same. I, I think, look, it's inevitable, in my opinion, that Washington, if they win out and Florida State wins out, that Washington will jump Florida State. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I think just because – their strength of schedule um, coming up is is much more difficult than Florida State's. I think overall the committee has been pretty spot on. I would flip again Ohio State and Georgia just because Georgia was is the reigning two time uh, college football champion and and they haven't lost. So, um, but personally, I, I guess you know I really don't have any problem with it. The question will become if Florida State and Washington both do win out. Do they deserve to be in over a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan? And does Oregon, Alabama, and Texas have anything to say if they all kind of you know continue to win? Um, do, will you know, one of those or more jump an undefeated FSU or Washington? What are your thoughts, ACL, on that? If anyone is undefeated and you're a conference champ, I think you're in. Yeah, Period. Especially, Full stop. Uh, yeah, I, so. I think this year for sure. I, I don't disagree. I mean – Bama had a you know loss to Texas. I, to me, I mean Texas sh- should 
get the nod in over Bama. But if Bama wins out and then they end up winning the SEC championship, yeah, you know, there's going to be a, a lot to to be said about that. But Bama's going to have to likely go through Georgia there, and and then there's going to be a whole lot of mayhem. Um, but I think ultimately Florida State, again, if they win out, um, should be in. Um, no matter there's, what happens, Wex, there is a zero point zero percent chance that if Alabama wins out, beats Georgia, and wins the SEC, that they're not taking them in. Yeah, they they are not going to leave out the SEC champion Alabama, who just defeated Georgia in the SEC title game. Oh, no chance. No, yeah. I, I look, I, I don't disagree. Um, but it, what would be interesting is if Bama somehow loses, still gets mm-hmm. into the SEC championship with two losses, and then beats Georgia. You're saying Bama loses like to Kentucky this weekend or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're look minus 10. It's certainly not, they're not supposed to, but minus, minus 10 point favorites lose every single week. Kentucky's tough, man. They're a tough team. Uh, Good running game. I mean, again, that's probably not necessarily, you know, at least historically over the last 10, 15 years, been a good thing Mm -hmm. going against Alabama, but they've, you know, especially early on, Alabama's uh, showed some, uh, some weaknesses up front. So. If if I was sort of buying and selling stock on futures in terms of some of these teams, I would be selling on Washington at this point, <clears throat> only because I think their three remaining games well, exactly. much more difficult compared to Oregon. Right? They play Utah this weekend minus nine and a half at home. The tricky game that I have that I have a, a star next to at Oregon State next yes. weekend at night. That's going to be that, a tough game. Single digit tough. favorites, right? Yeah, and then they they. Finish the season home versus Washington State rivalry game. Weird stuff happens there. And then on top of that, if Oregon wins out, which I fully expect them to do, Washington would have to play Oregon where they're currently around minus five or six. Sorry, plus five or plus six on the look ahead right there. So a, a, a tough potential four-game stretch there for Washington to even make it into the college football playoff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. And then if that happens, Oregon wins out. They're in, you would think. Sorry, if, if Oregon wins out, then it come it comes down to uh, Oregon versus Texas and the whole debate of if you're looking at Georgia's in, Michigan's in, FSU's in, if they went out, you're looking at Texas versus Oregon. And that's that's sort of where you're trying to read between the leaves as far as where the committee's at um, right now. Of course, they have Oregon 6th and Texas 7th, but a lot can happen between now and then. So, yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, I I'm not going to the bank on this, but if you want to take a look at a at a long shot, a hundred to one, you could take a look it. at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Now, if Penn State wins this weekend, wins out, they and Michigan somehow you know loses to Penn State but beats Ohio State. Penn State has a chance to get into the Big Ten championship game, I believe. Um, and then if they win that. They'll have one loss to Ohio State, who's one of the top-ranked teams, and you know to have a hundred to one ticket could be an interesting play. Now, again, we're talking about James Franklin in big games, so um, you know, again, one of the reasons I'm not running to the table. But there's a, a cloud right now over Michigan's head, and if they're able to beat them, um, you know, P- Penn State has two more games after this. They play Rutgers again. Rutgers good, but it's a home game for Penn State. Should win. And then at Michigan State, which oh boy, yeah, should be uh, should be a cakewalk. So um, they'll have one loss if if they can get through Michigan this week and beat Rutgers and Michigan State. And you know who who knows, right? I, I look, I would. Agree. I'm not running to take it. I, I didn't bet it, but at this the point value, of the year, if the right, exactly, if you're looking at a team on the board that is 100 to one that actually has a path 
right? If you're talking about some other teams, you know, Tennessee, 400 to one, like there's not an actual path. There's a path for Penn State if they win. They are four-point dogs this weekend, home versus Michigan. Four-point dogs. So certainly could win that game. And then to your point, fully expect them to beat Rutgers, fully expect them to to beat Michigan State. They would need some help with the tiebreaker. Obviously, they would need Ohio State to lose. But there is a path. The other team where there is technically a path is Old Miss. What about – oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say Louisville. Louisville's on on the list too, 200 to 1, because they're going to be most likely in the ACC title game. They beat FSU. They would have an argument. I wouldn't necessarily take them over some of these other well, one-loss teams, but there's a, one, there's a path. They would, they would have one loss. They would have beaten Florida State. Yep. Now, beat Miami on the road. Now, again, still a decent win. Uh, I agree. You could say what you want about Miami. Uh, beat Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they got three decent wins right there. My argument against them would be their loss is the worst <clears> loss. <throat> no doubt. No doubt about it. And that was a very fishy game that I was yes. on. Yes. Um, at Pitt, they lost by I, 17 yep. to the fighting Narduzis. Exactly. So I had Pitt plus seven or seven and a half in that game. I forget exactly which number I got. We got that outright mm-hmm. under underdog winner there. So, Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at just the futures board, you have eight teams that are 15 to one or less, right? Michigan, Georgia, FSU, Ohio State, Bama, Oregon, Washington, Texas, 15 to one or less. And then the next team on the board, Penn State, 100 to 1. So the market is certainly saying those are the top eight. And then if you want to kind of figure out a path between um, Penn State, Louisville, Old Miss, I don't think Oklahoma has any chance at this point. And then you're looking at Tennessee, 501. So outside of those eight, Penn State, Louisville, Old Miss, in my opinion, are the only teams that have any sort of reasonable path to make college football playoff. Um yeah, Real I would say one, yep. yeah, one other thing on that. Um, you know, we spoke several weeks ago after Texas lost. Um, I think there was a number out there close to 20, 25 to one. Yep. Um, so, you know, if you got on that, you know, they're at what, like 15 to one 15. now. Yeah. And there is a path there still. So, um, you know, we, we could all kind of hope if you did get it um, and that they could somehow sneak in. They have a quality win against Alabama. They will have to win the Big 12 championship, which is very doable. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that, you know, some of these top teams lose and the committee uh, gives them a little nod forward there. I would even argue that if they went out and they win the Big 12, that they could be the fourth team in. Because, right, then it's between them and Oregon, potentially, if Oregon wins out and Texas has the better win, which is at, at Alabama. Yep. So. I, I certainly would agree with you and there and for anyone. <laughs> and it's sec- – yeah, exactly, exactly. So. I mean, but look, their only loss is a four-point loss on a neutral to Oklahoma. Yeah. So – but then you could argue the only loss Oregon has is at Washington, three-point loss. Like, there's – there's, it's tough. There's, but look, things very- will happen. I'm not necessarily convinced that uh, all those scenarios are going to play out where all those top teams went out and then you're sort of debating between Texas and Oklahoma. But – or Texas and Oregon. But we shall see. All right, Wags, moving along to the National Football League. We'll start with the NFC. The Eagles-Cowboys game, for my money, first of all, a, a terrific game. You could argue Mike McCarthy strikes again. Uh, big game, Mike. Big game, Dak. But man, like just as far as NFC power rankings, as far as NFC futures for that division, like it was such a massive swing game. If Dallas punches it in at the end there, first and goal from the six, I think it was, uh, sack, you know, penalty, throw the ball to the half yard line, get tackled, et cetera. We're having a completely different conversation here as far as 
probably the second best team in the NFC behind the Niners, which are kind of on life support at this point, might be the Dallas Cowboys. But instead, Dallas goes to five and three, Philly goes to eight to one, you have the tiebreaker, et cetera. So clearly for my money, I'm still I'm still Niners first in terms of NFC power rankings, Eagles two, then there's a significant drop for my money between Dallas and Detroit after that. Yeah, look, I mean, to me, I think the Cowboys played really well. Um, I think the Eagles kind of snuck out with this win. Yeah, mm-hmm. to argue about McCarthy, the refs, again, some favorable calls for Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Philly. Um, they're a very, very good team. Jalen Hurts, man, this guy is a legitimate contender. I mean, he is a competitor week in and week out. You could say what you want about him. He came in to the league with a chip on his shoulder, you know, not too many. I'm not going to say nobody gave him a chance, but everybody was talking about how the Eagles made a terrible pick with him and that he'll never really amount to an NFL quarterback. And this guy um, has put the Eagles into the driver's seat here in the NFC. They do get a perfectly timed bye this week. Listen to the next five games for the Eagles. It's bad. Yeah. At Kansas city, (laughs) Buffalo at home, San Fran at home, at Dallas and then at Seattle. Now you could kind of scoff at the at mm-hmm. Seattle, but no at Seattle. After, no after four really tough games. And then you got to get yep. your second road game in a row after going to Dallas in a division game. Then they have to go out West to Seattle, Kansas city, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle. That is a brutal stretch. The last three, they get the giants twice and, and some other, um, it might even be Arizona. It's, it's some, you know, cupcake team. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up in time. No, I can't because I keep trying. I got to it for you, man. Here. I got you. After the five no, stretch, Arizona. Yeah. Giants, Arizona, Giants. So yeah. if it's you know Danny DeVito playing quarterback there, and then you know who knows what Arizona is doing at that <laughs> Danny point. DeVito. You know, you may as well have Danny DeVito back there. Hey, man, the spread is seventeen. If Danny was there, it might be twenty-one. So <laughs> probably only a four-point difference between Tommy and Danny. But you know. oh man, quarterback sneak through the legs. <laughs> Yeah, look, if 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 you want to take Eagles features, whether it to be the conference or the Super Bowl or whatever, I would wait till that stretch yeah. of Wags just mentioned. The next, so we're looking at, that Seattle game is week 15. So if they go They'll three be, and two, three they and would two. Be, they'd be thrilled. Yes. Yeah, so if they go three and two, that's, you know, fine. If they go two and three, they'd probably still take it. Um but then you have Giants, Arizona Giants, so they probably win those last three games. But man, just as far as a a, a buy low spot, it's going to be after week five. Sorry, after week fifteen versus Seattle yep. there Absolutely. for the Eagles. Um, on the AFC side, again a huge swing game. Dolphins Chief. I think if the Dolphins had won that game, we'd probably be talking about are they the best team in the AFC? Uh, we are not having that conversation here. The AFC East, which we thought might have been the best division in football. Dolphins a little bit down, Bills a little bit down, Patriots are what they are. The Jets have Zach Wilson as their quarterback. So man, it's 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 really kind of from from my perspective, Ravens number one right now, Chiefs number two, and then you could have an argument, probably Bengals three at this point. I know the record is what it is. They banked some of those losses early, but man, Joe Burrow is coming on. I know Wags, you might be taking a look at some MVP futures as far as Joe Burrow goes. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, you know, as far as Miami, and again, obviously everybody knows I'm a Miami fan. I don't really think it's that big of a loss for them. Um, they're still number one in the AFC East 
what I saw was actually impressive defensively. I, you know, they played a very impressive defensive game. Um, and I think they will take that momentum. Look, they held the Chiefs offense to 14 points. Kelsey had, what, two catches? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they kind of set a roadmap up for teams to defend and how to defend Kansas City, which was double and triple team Kelsey man up on these receivers that are really not anything special, right? You have Valdez Scantling, Rashi Rice, Sky Moore, um, Justin Watson, right? Like these guys are, are, are normal receivers at best. Um, and, and if you take Kelsey out of the picture, you might be able to to really limit the Kansas City offense. Um, I think Miami takes momentum into this bye week. Some are saying they're frauds. Um, time will tell. Uh, some people may not know this. Mike McDaniel and Eric Spolstra, yes, Miami Heat head coach, have become quite friendly. One thing to mm-hmm. note from their friendship, they've been learning from one another. Um, they've been going to each other's practices here and there. And one thing that in particular that kind of caught my eye that, that McDaniel took from Spo is keeping players fresh in the regular season for the playoffs. So if you take a look, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle are on, on the field for under – 70% of the snaps. Um, Hill's actually at 69%, Waddle at 68%. And just to put this in perspective, Devonta Smith, 97%. A.J. Brown, 93%. Devonta Adams and Jacoby Myers, 90%. Gabe Davis and Diggs, 87 and 86%. Cooper Cup, 96%. Puka Nakua, 90%. All right, there are 64, 64 wide receivers ahead of Tyreek Hill as far as snap, uh, how many snaps they're taking compared to the off, the actual offense. And crazy enough, the top wide receiver in yardage for football right now, as far as wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, the point here, though, is that the Heat have been known over the past several years for getting into the playoffs with a 6-7-8 seed and making that push into the Eastern Conference Finals. So, um, you know, whether or not that's based on, yeah, they're resting their players and, and they're fresh in the playoffs, I don't know. I don't know what the recipe is. But if it is, and McDaniel's kind of capitalizing off this, I'd be curious to see like what Miami's going to do in the playoffs this year, assuming that they make it. It's a great point because, look, if they're doing that, but they can still figure out a way to win the division, they get that home game. Right. Yep. I mean, they're, they're still six and three. They're still ahead. The Jets and the Patriots are not winning the division. Buffalo, even money as of the taping today to make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, look, if they can keep Tyreek at 70 percent to your point instead of 95, win that first home playoff game against, you know, one of these one of these wildcard teams. Yeah. Two, two more games and you're in the Super Bowl. Things can happen. So, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, obviously, Baltimore, Kansas City up there, Cincinnati. Yes. You know, I do like um, Burrow at, at right now as far as like, you know, uh, maybe what the five or six guy on the MVP list at what, seven or eight to one. Yeah, he so yes, and now he he in the last day or so has taken some money. I'm seeing him as low as plus five twenty five. He's fourth mm. or fifth on the list. We're looking at Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, which I would not be taking. Lamar, who I think should be the favorite, and then Joe Burrow right now, right around where Tua is. I there's no chance in hell that Tua is winning the NFL MVP this year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. look, you talk about L- Lamar. We, one team that we did, we left out of the equation, who has a big game that we'll be talking about later is the Jaguars. They're going yes. for their sixth win in a row. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, don't leave that team out. They got a very, 
you know, they got a solid team. I mean, their defense is coming on their, their offense is good. The one question mark. And again, I'll talk about this later is their offensive line, as you know, me and my affinity uh, for offensive lines. Um, but yeah, look, the favorites right now are Lamar and Jalen Hurts. You know, you mentioned you wouldn't touch Jalen Hurts. I kind of like Jalen Hurts now. Okay. You know, I don't like the number. Um, you know, obviously him and Lamar are plus what three fifty right now. I think three twenty five, something like that. Um, you know, to me, Lamar, the de- defense is carrying him. It's like, yeah, he's making plays. There's no doubt. I'm not saying that. Um, and I, I don't have a lot of love for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not a Philadelphia fan. I actually kind of. You know, if I had to skew one way, it'd be more on like, yeah, I don't really like that team that much. Now, I'm not a hater. Um, I just, for whatever reason, growing up, my dad was a Giants fan, and um, you know, something about the Eagles kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. But Jalen Hurts, man, I like what he's been doing. Their D is not that great. Their defense against the run is fantastic, but against the pass is not that good. Jalen Hurts has been carrying that offense. Mm -hmm. They're not relying on a running game anymore like they did last year. It's him. You know, the only run game is like, uh, you know, quarterback sneak. He's getting four or five yards on the uh, on the brotherly shove. But, you know, that's just my two cents on that. Hey, man, look, the team with the best record in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. And the quarterback of the team with the best record in the NFL might often, you could you could argue, win the MVP. So, yeah, you know, you know, least get path. you know who I'm off of now is Brock Purdy. <laughs> I don't think he's going to win it. I don't yeah. think he's going to win it. But, hey, San Francisco 5-3, and three, if they can... I don't know when their remaining games go fourteen and three, something like that. But yeah, they need Trent Williams back. Yeah, they need Debo and Trent Williams back, which yep. is a game we will talk about coming up. All right, moving along to fishy lines of the week. What is this? It is a game Wags and I identify that you look at the line and something just doesn't make sense. Is someone out? Is someone hurt? Is Vegas trying to quote trap me? Is something going on that I need to really dig into a little bit deeper and figure out? What the heck is this line about? Wags, would you like to do the honors with your fishy line of the week this week? Yes. Uh, my fishy line last week um, was Clemson. Um, you know, I ended up, I basically said I'm going to take them one way or the other. Took them money line, or no, plus one and a half, I think, maybe, in the first, first half, half last right. week. Yep. Yep. Um, that, that hit. Big 10 action this week. How in the world is Purdue, 2-7 and seven Purdue, favored over 5-4 and four Minnesota? I don't care that they're at home. Purdue is a 110th in points scored, 109th in points against. Let that sink in. They're 110th in points scored, 109th in points against, and they are a favorite. How is this team a favorite? Minnesota ranked is five and four, by the way. It's not like Minnesota is some, you know, two and seven team also. No, they're five and four. Minnesota, 49th in points against. How's Purdue going to score, right? Like That's what my first instinct is. Well, to be fair, Minnesota is 106th in total points. But again, Purdue is 109th in points against, right? Something's got to give here. I'm going to be looking at Purdue here very hard. I believe, um, you know, if my early numbers back it, everyone will be betting Minnesota here. Right now, two-thirds of the bets and two-thirds of the money are on Minnesota. As expected, keep your eyes open here. Eileen Purdue laying a point. At home against five and four Minnesota. I agree with that. With that thought that that line is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. fishy. Definitely. I mean, agree with again, that. I'm not on it yet. We'll see. It just it just smelled to me like how can a team who's two and seven be favored over a five and four team? And then you look further and you look at the 
points for and points against, and they're ranked 109th and 110th um, out of 133 teams. It's not like there's 5,000 teams. No, 133 teams. They're in, they're terrible. Absolutely. All right, my fishy line of the week is Oregon, favored by 15. Mike's 15 against the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in USC. Look ahead preseason on this game had USC favored. Just a few weeks ago, USC was a top 10 team. I I think what this line is saying, and it's a serious concern if you're looking to back this USC team, is that they might not get off the bus, right? Lincoln Riley fired his defensive coordinator after the Washington game last week, so they're going through a whole new scheme change. Caleb Williams was seen extremely emotional after the game last week in the stands. Not sure exactly what's going on with that. For his part, he, he's played really well this season. I, I imagine from his point of view, being the talent that he is, it's probably extremely, extremely frustrating for him knowing, no matter how many points he puts up, that there's a decent, probably above a 50% chance that his defense is going to give up more than he's able to score. So at that point, kind of what can he do? All that said, you know, this line, even just a few weeks ago, right, USC 7-3, and three, They've lost three of their last four. They were 6-0. and So we're talking about a month ago or something like that. This line would have been Oregon maybe minus three at most, somewhere in that range. Now we've crossed over two touchdowns, and I think that there's a reason for that. I, I think that there is a serious, as I mentioned, concern that the motivation is not there for USC. Uh, it's just a lot of change and turnover in the last really five to six days here so. Take a look at this line. You might think, oh, is Caleb Williams not playing? No, he's he's supposed to play as of now, unless something changes between taping and then. But, man, just a fishy line wags Oregon minus 15 versus USC. Yep. No, can't, can't disagree with that. All right. Moving along, we're going to do a very general look ahead on the top college game and the top NFL game on the board. A few to pick from. A, a pretty darn good college football weekend here as we get to uh, mid-November here, Wags. We're going to take a look at Michigan versus Penn State. Number three, 9-0 and Michigan traveling into number 10, 8-1 Penn State. Michigan currently 4.5, minus 4.5 with a total of 45.5. Obviously a huge game for division, for conference, for national championship playoff futures. As crazy as it may sound, Wags, and you mentioned this off the top, Penn State absolutely can get right back into contention for all three of those things with a home win here then they would need an Ohio State loss, and then obviously some help on the tiebreaker scenarios. But it is certainly possible. So that 100-1, to 1, if you want to take a shot with a team that truly has a path if they went out, that would be Penn State. Uh, they are coming to this game, two straight wins versus Indiana and versus Maryland. Uh, two weeks ago, of course, they did lose at Ohio State in Week 8. Michigan, they beat Purdue last week. They did not cover as Purdue got the late cover there with the touchdown. For me in this game, Wags, there's, there's kind of two things, right? Both teams dealing with with one thing in terms of the handicap. For Penn State, it's their head coach. <laughs> we talked about it a little bit off the top as well. His record in big games, big game, big game, James, man. Uh, 123 games. Yes, 123 games for him at Penn State. He's 12 and 24 straight up versus teams in the top 25. And even worse, three, yes, three and 16 straight up versus teams in the top 10. The numbers are what they are at this point. Large enough sample size that, in my opinion, it does matter. It is something. On the other side, we talked about it too. Michigan, the whole Stein-stealing controversy, right? It's in the news. It keeps getting worse. Harbaugh, now they're talking about a potential suspension. I don't think that the team's going to get suspended or have to give up any games or anything. But it it just, it's something, right? It's something that they're dealing with. It's it's on their minds. I'm sure they're going to get harassed and heckled all, all, all game about it by the Penn State fans. 
And it is something at this point that you have to factor into your handicap. It's hard to know how it will affect them from a point spread point spread perspective, but man, it is out there. Aside from just kind of the X's and O's of the game, it is something to have to factor out then to factor in wax. Any thoughts on this Penn State, Michigan, big time, big 10 game? Yeah, I mean, my first thought after hearing what you just said is how many games of that three and 16 were against Michigan? Mm. And how many games were sign stealing coming into uh, into play there? But there's no no doubt there are other teams in there that James Franklin, he's, look, he's just not a good big game coach. And and people were saying that about Harbaugh. I mean, right? Harbaugh was not a big game coach. He could not until, be. Until. Until. Until, yeah. They started. Exactly. Somehow. So started, started cheating. So, um, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Uh, yeah. Huge showdown, though. Yeah, in Happy Valley. 9-0 and at 8-1. and Look, for all intents and purposes, as, as far as I cap these teams, they're they're the same. Like, the one loss doesn't impact me because the, the one loss that Penn State has is at Ohio State, and they lose by eight points, uh, 20-12. to Their defense was very good. Um, to me, it's really bad for the Nittany Lions here that this game isn't at night. Yeah. The noon game, I think, you know, i probably make this point a half to even a full point lower. If, I agree. Um, if um, this was an 8 p.m. game, those games in Happy Valley at night are absolutely insane. Um, the new game, the noon game, I don't think helps or hurts either team. We have the number five and number six scoring offenses, and the number one and number three points against defenses. Michigan slightly better in each, but again, strength of schedule here is, is something that's definitely important to note. Right? Um, to me neither team really played anybody and the one team that Penn State did play they lost to but again it was a touchdown game um yeah it, i think the score actually looked closer than it was but it's still something to note they kept it close against ohio state at quarterback i give the edge a slight edge to jj mccarthy for michigan um mm-hmm. and and probably probably a slight nod to michigan's coaching staff um but again, you know, there there's this cloud of uncertainty on on why that might be the case. Um, there's a ton to unpack there, um, you know, as far as this whole stealing signs thing. But look, to me, regardless, I think this one's going to be a solid game, probably more exciting than the Penn State Ohio State game was uh, a few weeks back. You know, that was a little bit of a you know defensive battle, um, and this one should be very defensive too and hard hitting. But um, you know. 20 to 12 uh, doesn't really scream. It screams Big Ten, but, yep. um, you know, not necessarily an exciting game. I think it's a little bit more exciting than, than that game. Yeah, I mean, the over-under is 45. So, to your point, certainly certainly could be in that in that one. Yeah, um, interesting game. I mean, just so many things. Have, like, if, if Michigan loses this game, it brings Penn State right back into it, right? If, if Penn State loses, they're out. One less team to worry about. And then that Michigan-Ohio State game is just kind of for all the marbles in the Big Ten. So just yeah, a, and, a and, massive swing game. And as you say that, my my conspiracy theory head starts swirling. And it's like, oh, I wonder if the refs are going to come in and, and make sure Michigan loses. So they're you know less relevant in this conversation. I've seen, I've seen these things happen. I'm not saying it's going to, but it wouldn't shock me if we see a couple of pass interference calls and holding calls that you, they don't show you the replays on and you're like wait was it actually was it actually so maybe yeah i mean maybe the big 10 doesn't want to have to deal with michigan and yep. the whole sign ceiling thing but again that's just me being a, a 
I'm, I'm not, I have not made up my mind on which way I'm going. I have started crunching these numbers, but um, it'll be interesting to see uh, if that does come into play. I have a lean on this game as of now, and this game will probably make my card. I say that yeah. on Wednesday afternoon. We will see. All right, moving along, back to the National Football League. Some really solid games this week in the game we're going to take a look at. 49ers-Jags, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, we're not doing the Colts-Patriots game. Man, that game. Oof. <laughs> Those folks in Germany, they go from Chiefs-Dolphins to Colts-Patriots. It's like, what did they do wrong? That They're, they're, they're going to think, man, get Patrick Mahomes, get Tyreek. Cra- now, yeah. How about this? The crazy thing is, and, and again, there's probably more points that will be scored in the Colts-Patriots game. Probably. I agree with you. I agree than, with you. Than, than what happened in the Dolphins-Chiefs game. So. I, I, I would be willing to take it. What was it? 21-14 final? Yeah, 30, 35. Yeah, over I would take 40. over 35. Yes. Yeah, right now, well, you got an eight and a half point uh, advantage there. So. Gardner Minshew and Mac Jones. Oof. I'm sure that's, that's what they wanted. But yeah, no. 49ers, Jags, 49ers, the 5 and 3 49ers, the 6 and 2 Jacksonville Jags. Niners currently minus 3, total 46. Both teams off the bye here, so no rest advantage on either side. However, from both a injury and momentum perspective, right, I think the bye week incredibly, incredibly more favorable to the 49ers. Trent Williams, Debo Samuels, Brock Purdy were all either out or dinged up, and now all three should be fine and play here. On top of that, the Niners. Coming to this game on a three-game losing streak, right? They scored 30 or more points the first five games. They scored exactly, kind of a, a, a weird stat here, exactly 17 points in all three losses since then. So certainly an opportunity for them to get back on track here. The bye definitely came at, at, the, at the ideal time for this 49ers team. The Jags' perspective, they were arguably the hottest team in the league prior to their bye, right? Winners of five straight. Uh, against pretty good competition, Falcons, Bills, Colts, Saints, Steelers. When you're in the groove and relatively healthy, I'm sure if you asked Doug Peterson and he was being truthful, he would have preferred to, to defer this bye week just a few weeks later. Should be a good one here, Wags. 49ers versus the Jags in Jacksonville. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting that you use the their offensive numbers. I, I was actually looking at their defensive numbers. Um and uh, I'm talking about the 49ers, 49ers defense struggled. I look, they're, they're ranked fourth in, in the league, right? So they're not, they didn't struggle too much, but the first five games, they gave up an average of 11.6 points a game. The last three games, three losses, they gave up an average of 24 points a game. So, um, you know, that's interesting. It, you know, again, I think they were, they were winning games. 33 to 11 and then the last um few games they were basically losing 24 17 so definitely momentum you mentioned that helps um you know kind of slow down jacksonville who's looking to get their sixth straight win and maybe kind of slows down the 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 losing momentum on the flip side for the niners um yeah look niners have to travel to jacksonville uh five and three you mentioned that tied for first place in the nfc west with the seahawks um Losing three straight games, we mentioned that, to Cleveland, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. You know, three pretty decent teams. I mean, Cincinnati obviously coming on. Cleveland, very good, especially defensively. Minnesota, you know, they're – man, I, I, honestly, I, talking about real quick about Minnesota, yeah. I don't know yeah. how how this team – you know, and, and, and Kevin O'Connell, like, great 25 coach. to 1, coach of the year, Kevin O'Connell. It's available but, right now. Yeah, I mean it, it's well, yeah, I don't I don't know if everybody kind of thinks the same way that we do, but 
you know, I see regression with Minnesota and they, they somehow just keep squeaking out wins here and there, especially last week. Um, that was, that was crazy. And, uh, you know, I think Jaguars trying to just keep, keep on coming. Some key factors that I'm looking at, I'll be watching for the Niners to get, see if they can get their running game going early. I expect them to try to lean heavily on the run with, uh, McCaffrey, you know, Trent Williams might, you know, he's the one guy that is 50-50, I think, um, as far as coming back. That may sound counterintuitive. Why would you rely on the run with Trent Williams out? But I think Purdy's going to really need that extra bit of time um, with the play action to try to settle in, make his throws. And, um, you know, speaking of protection, I think, you know, the next factor that I'll be looking at in this game, if the Jaguars can protect Lawrence. Uh, The Niners have a great front seven uh, and the Jaguars' offensive line, while slightly better than expected, they're still in the bottom half of the league. And then lastly, if the Jaguars can keep Lawrence upright, how can this offense do against the Niners' defense, who has struggled a bit, but off a bye, you know, I kind of expect them to bounce back a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think this game will be really good, a really interesting game. Um, I, I honestly don't really know what to make of it because um, there's a lot of different factors and moving pieces here. I mean, look. We're talking about the Niners in the last month as the best team in the NFL. All of a sudden, to your point, they're five and three. They're Seattle's minus six this weekend against the Commanders. Right. If the the Niners are minus three, so there's a better chance Seattle wins than San Fran. If they lose this game, I mean, forget NFC West. We're talking about like playoffs, you know, for the 49ers. That said, look, they still have the best points allowed number in the entire NFC at 140. They have the third best points scored number in the NFC at 218. So. I, I, I do think when you are minus your top two guys, being Trey Williams and Debo Samuel, and yes, Christian McCaffrey is probably mixed in there too, but when you have those two guys out and uh, Brock Purdy had a concussion, you're not going to look as good. So we'll see if those four guys are all healthy or all good. And if so, I fully expect a much better effort from this 49ers team, even though it is against a very quality AFC contender and a team off the bye, but the Niners are off a bye too. All right, before we hit up free plays, we are on to the $300 site credit Monday night football contest. Time wags, I'm going to read off three questions here for the barn burn. Monday night game, Bills, Broncos, all of a sudden a massive game for the Bills as far as their playoff hopes. I'm going to read off three questions. If you get all three correct and you're the first to do so, you get $300 in the site credit to acl-sports.com. We had a winner two weeks ago who's enjoying the college basketball package right now, which is really, really cool. So here we go. The uh, Oh, and you uh, to, uh, to enter, all you have to do is uh, direct message, DM either myself or Wags on Twitter or Instagram to enter with your three answers. Question number one, Bills minus seven and a half versus the Broncos. Are you taking the Bills minus seven and a half or the Broncos plus seven and a half over under 47 and a half over or under? And then question number three, the total number of touchdown passes by Josh Allen, by Josh Allen. Total number of touchdown passes in the game by Josh Allen. Get them all right. Be first to do so. Boom. 300 bucks inside credit is yours that never expires. All right, Wags, free play time. Before we do so, if you have two seconds, we'd really appreciate just clicking that five-star button on the pod at the bottom. It helps us grow. If you want to leave a nice comment, that is great, too. We definitely do appreciate it. All right, my man, two free plays last week, two winners. Uh, I had OK State, and I believe you had a... 19 was it wags 19 18 and a half 19, 19 point outright my three favorite words as everyone knows outright underdog winner army plus 19 my, well done my man 
Yeah, you can no, do the honors. Our Army, Army, uh, I think has won like five of their last uh, seven against Air Force. So um, yeah, definitely uh, a good spot for for them. They they win by twenty as nineteen point dogs. So uh, nice thirty nine point. Yeah, um, yeah what, whatever you want to call that. Thirty nine well, point cover. There we go. Yeah. This week we are going to the American Athletic Conference, just a few hours north of me in Tampa. We're taking Temple and USF over 67. You can get that on DraftKings right now. Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. You heard me. High total here based on the matchup. USF, USF and Temple over 67. That is right. Look, USF can run the ball. They rank 22nd overall in running the football. Temple, on the other hand, ranks 126th against the run. Um, I expect USF to run for well over 250 yards in this game um, up and down the field. And on the other side of the ball, what can Temple do? Well, Temple throws the ball pretty well. They rank 38th in the nation in passing. USF, where do they rank against the pass? 132nd out of 133. Yep. Almost last in the entire uh, FBS um, or FCS, FBS. Man, I keep getting those confused, but yes. FBS, FB. For the Bulls. Um, yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're nearly last in the FBS. Uh, this should be strength versus weakness on uh, offense for both teams, and I expect a lot of scoring in this one. As of now, weather not a factor. It may rain later in the evening. Noon game, though. Noon game. Mm -hmm. I like this over. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring here over 67 in this one. I like that play as well. Um, Just a lot of factors that are pointing to points there. I like that one. My free play winner last week, we had had Oklahoma State plus six in Bedlam. Outright underdog winner, which is always nice. Two of them. Yes. Two free play. Indeed. That's always a good thing. This week, I am sticking in that conference in the Big 12. I'm taking Kansas minus four. Minus 110, yes, as you might expect. It is readily available in the market. They are at home versus Texas Tech. This is a Kansas team wags that I think the market is still undervaluing, right? This line implying that these two teams are essentially even, uh, even on a, on evenly ranked on a neutral, which is simply not the case at this point in this season. I mean, Kansas sitting at 7-2, and two, their only two losses at Texas and at Oklahoma State. Those are the top two teams in the conference, currently first and second. And those two teams are on track to meet in the Big 12 t- title game. I, I know, I get it. There's been changes at quarterback all season, Jalen Daniels, Jason Bean. But honestly, if you kind of look at the underlying numbers, the drop-off has not been too significant there, right? Kansas keeps up putting up points. They're now sitting at 35 points per game, which is good for 20th in the entire country. Texas Tech, on the other hand, on the road, just 1-3. They lost at Wyoming, West Virginia, BYU. All three of those teams are considerably worse in this Kansas team. Texas Tech also coming in this game off a nice win last week versus TCU, which I think raised their national profile a bit closer to where it was preseason, which is also providing us with some additional line value here in this game. So a free play for this podcast, Kansas, minus four, minus 110, readily available in the market. All right, Wags, that is the pod. We are approaching mid-November here. The clocks have changed. It's getting darker, like 4.30 now, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, man, lots lots going on this week. Good pod. Anything else? Oh, how can I forget? College basketball started this week. Good start there, of course. 
full season 30-day packages are up if you want to check out our college basketball packages some of the most profitable ones every single year hockey's still going nba's going the bowl package will be up before we know it so check out the website for that wags anything else in the arm before we hop out of here that is all looking forward to another great weekend and uh yeah, that's it. Let's get these free plays. Let's win these games. Uh, wish everybody success this weekend. Let's do it. All right, for WAGs, I'm ACL. Everybody, good luck on your plays, and we will talk to you next week.